We've got winners, losers, and grades from the Rams' Week 3 loss to the Bengals. Is the Rams' defense for real? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your four-time champion Los Angeles Rams. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Rams YouTube channel. So close to 9,000 subscribers, so be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button, and let us know. Do you think this Rams defense is for real? My name is Doug McCain. My friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade, 24-7 sports, Sports Illustrated, Dodgers Nation. Now I'm covering the Rams for Locked On. And today I'm flying solo. Mr. Travis Rogers, the people's champ, he's out today, but we have a jam-packed show for you. We've got winners and losers. We're throwing out grades. We're talking about this defense. Is it for real? But first, this episode of Locked On Rams is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So we're going to continue to break down the Rams 19 to 16 loss of the Bengals on Monday Night Football. And yes, usually you should use the 24 hour rule. No matter how bad the loss is, use 24 hours and then you flush it. But if you want to extend this one, I'm okay with that because it was a very frustrating loss, a very winnable game for the Rams that they just could not take advantage. They should have put that team away there in the first half. And they should be 2-1 and one at this point, possibly 3-0, but now they're 1-2 heading into week four. But as bad as it was for the offensive side, as bad as it was for Sean McVay, in my opinion, called one of the worst games of his career as Rams head coach, I think it was one of the best games for defensive coordinator Raheem Morris. His bend but don't break style of defense was effective. He mixed things up and if you look at the performance of this Rams D against his Bengals offense, they got the results they needed. If I told you that the Rams would go on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals team, that's one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl this year and hold them to 19 points, you'd probably feel good about it. If I told you that they could hold Joe Burrow to a 25.2 QBR where he ends up going 26 for 49 for 259 yards and one interception, no TDs, you probably would feel good about the chances of a Rams W. That wasn't the case. And you look at the 49 passes that he threw, most of them were short. They still completed just over half of them at 53%. They forced their first turnover with that incredible Akella Witherspoon interception there in the fourth quarter that Gave the Rams another chance to get back into this one. And you look at the success rate of this defense. The Rams allowed a 34.2% success rate. That was ranked fifth in the NFL in week three. Fifth in the NFL in week three. 
But of those five teams, the top five in success rate, the Rams are the only team to not walk away with a victory. So that tells you right there, the Rams did enough to win this game. Now, the next question is, what did the Rams do? What did Raheem Morris do? Well, the first thing he did was he mixed things up. And you're always going to see some soft umbrella coverages. You're going to see Ben but don't break. You don't want to get beat deep. And that's usually going to be the case. But he mixed things up. We saw tons of different looks. Eight to be exact. You saw 37 in the 4-2, 9 in the 4-1, 10 to 5-0, where they put Ernest Jones up on the line. You saw eight plays where they replaced a will linebacker for a dime linebacker on a 5-1. You saw 6-0 formations, 6-1 formations. And what I really liked and appreciated was they were more aggressive. You saw tighter coverage in spots where they knew the quick game was going to be in play. And they weren't stymied by it. They knew it was coming. And they did a really nice job keeping the damage to a minimum. Look, in this defense, you're going to take your jabs. The key is just not to get that knockout blow. you got to be a Rocky Marciano out there, being able to take some punishment, but not letting them beat you over the top. The deepest throw of the night for Joe Burrow was that 43-yard pitch and catch to Jamar Chase there on the sideline in the third quarter, but you didn't see him get beat deep. And when the Bengals tried to spread him out and go four wide and use those dynamic playmakers with Chase and Boyd and Higgins, what the Rams do? You saw more cover one. You saw more man coverage with the single high safety, and they didn't get beat deep for a touchdown. There were a few plays where Darren Kendrick got beat by Jamar Chase, but hey, Joe Burrow was limited, so it didn't hurt them, and he missed some throws. So yeah, I think for the most part, this defense they were fantastic playing to their scheme, playing to the Bengals' weakness and being able to limit the damage. And I think if you're looking for areas of improvement, you want to see them get to the quarterback more. Two sacks for 17 yards in this one. And for a zone pass defense to truly be effective, you're going to need to pressure that quarterback. But that's tough to do when, A, you're always playing from behind and not playing with a lead where you can just be aggressive, pin your ears back, and get after that quarterback with some more aggressive blitz packages and then B you lack talent and experience now of course you have Aaron Donald who in my opinion is still one of the top one two or three defensive players on the planet still we're going to talk about him in a few minutes here but I think for the most part while this defense continues to gain experience you're going to want to use some more stunts and blitzes and explore ways to get to the quarterback because that is how you're really going to take this defense to the next level. But give credit to Raheem Morris and this Rams defense. They were gutsy and gritty out there, just finding ways to keep their team in it when this offense wasn't doing very much. And that's what makes this loss thing that much more because it feels like you wasted a great defensive effort by this Rams D that held this Bengals team to 19 points. It held Joe Mixon to 65 yards rushing when he entered this game, being one of their bright spots, one of the better rushing units with Joe Mixon heading into this one. The Rams, one of the worst teams in the league against the runs as far as yards per carry, and they were still able to hold him to 65 yards rushing. Yes, on that 14-yard TD, not great tackling there by Russies. Kobe Durant was in the mix, so not great tackling there, but still, for the most part, you didn't see any big explosive plays like we saw with Christian McCaffrey or Kenneth Walker in the first half against the Seattle Seahawks in week one. So they did a really nice job stopping the run, did a nice job preventing the big plays. They just weren't able to take full advantage of it. It almost feels like if a pitcher goes out there, he's throwing a no-hitter, but he's getting no run support, right? And he ends up losing that game. So unfortunately... 
the Rams were able to get some runs on offense and score some touchdowns and make some big plays. And yeah, it's really unfortunate because you've seen a lot of positive strides. And I think the big takeaway here is that this Rams defense has exceeded expectations early on. These young guys like Kobe Turner and Byron Young, they played well. You're seeing Akella Witherspoon hold it down. I mean, that interception that he made, that was incredible. I mean, one arm, he said, give me that. I mean, he just took that ball right away from Boyd there early in the fourth quarter to give the Rams another opportunity to get back in this game. Unfortunately, they don't take advantage, but still as painful as this loss was, you have to feel good about the performance of this defense. You have to be encouraged by it because heading into this season, we all thought it was going to be the offense that was going to carry the defense for the first part of the season as this young and inexperienced Rams defense continue to figure things out, but the light has turned on a lot earlier than most people expected with the young guys, with the new starters. You're replacing a Greg Gaines and Sean Robinson, Leonard Floyd, Ramsey, all these guys are gone, and you're feeling really good about the fact that this Rams team is ahead of schedule. So, yeah, it's definitely something to feel good about. You wish that they would have taken advantage of it. Almost feels like there was the group project, and the Rams defense, they've been working on their group project for months. Rams offense, they showed up on the day that it was due. They didn't even know it was due, and they just want to put their name on it and try to get an A for it. No, that can't be the case. You have to both work on that group project. But as far as my grade for the Rams defense in week three, I'm giving them an A minus. Yes, I'll leave some room for improvement. Not going to throw out that A right there, but still when you consider where they're at as far as their development, young players, inexperienced players still filling in a lot of holes. I think they're ahead of schedule. You do want to see them improve with their tackling ability during certain moments there. The coverage on Darion Kendrick scares me at times. You want to see them get more pressure, get to the quarterback with more consistency. What I always say, I like my defenses like a good shower head, lots of pressure, lots of coverage, but still, I was very impressed by one, their performance, and two, the schemes from Raheem Morris. I thought they did a really nice job. They gave this team a chance to win. Unfortunately, the offense didn't hold on to their end of the bargain, but coming up next, we got winners and losers and grades. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. All right, before we do that, DMAC, let's talk about our friends at Nutrafol. Here's the good news. You do not have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. It means no drugs, no compromises, just better hair. I know a lot of you guys think that losing your hair is inevitable. Well, you can take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for men. Now, most of us, about 80% of us, are going to experience hair thinning in our lifetime. That's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get head of thinning hair with Nutrafol, right? Here's what you do. It's the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Take the first step towards visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L 
Nutrafol.com slash men. Enter the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. That's Nutrafol.com slash men. Promo code LOCKEDONNFL. And we're off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. We're also available over on YouTube. So if you haven't yet, be sure to join the party on YouTube. Trying to get to 9,000 subscribers. So do us a huge favor and hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Hit that notification bell and let us know. What is your grade for the Rams defense in week three? I also want to send a shout out to our everyday listeners. We appreciate you watching every episode, listening to every episode. And you can be an everyday listener two membership is 100 free you won't miss a thing about your los angeles rams and let us know are you an everyday listener but here in our second segment we're going to dive into some of these grades starting with edge rusher byron young the rookie earned an 85.8 pff grade he finished with five pressures he's in the backfield being disruptive all night long so his best game so far in his young career and what i really like about how they're using byron young is you're seeing them move him all over the field. He's used on both sides. He's not always matched up against the left tackle, and that's allowing him to get more opportunities, use that athleticism, use that motor, and you're also seeing him process information quicker. You're seeing the instincts improve, and I think the sky's the limit for this guy. I think this could be another feather in the cap of of Les Snead and this Rams organization, and you're talking about already hitting on Puka Nakua. You're already talking about hitting on Steve Avila. I think Edge rusher Byron Young is someone who could be an impact edge rusher in this league, and he's doing it as a rookie, and you just don't see that. That's a position where you rarely see rookies have an instant impact, and he's doing just that. So I'm very excited about the progress that Byron Young has made. He continues to improve each and every week. He's got athleticism and a motor that you just can't teach, the physical tools to be one of the better edge rushers in the league. So, yeah, he continues to impress. And then there's Kobe Turner, who earned a 68.2 PFF grade. He had three pressures. He linked up with Aaron Donald for a sack towards the end of the first half that forced the Bengals to a field goal. And you're seeing him play bigger than his size. You're seeing him already prove that he has passed Bobby Brown for that position. So he's someone that continues to impress as a rookie. There was a lot of questions about his size, but it's his motor. It's his sheer strength, quite frankly, and his ability to win his one-on-ones alongside AD. He's taking advantage of the AD effect, and he's running with it. I think you're seeing a real nice duo forming with Kobe Turner and Aaron Donald. And next there is that man. Aaron Donald, Bruce Banner, the Hulk in football cleats. He had a 92.6 PFF grade. He had a sack and two tackles for a loss, had seven pressures, five stops. He was active all night long. And you're seeing with AD, you're seeing more stunts, more twists. You're seeing him get to the quarterback in a variety of different ways. They're not just moving him up and down that line anymore. And I think that's been the key adjustment with AD. And look, the first couple weeks, he made some noise and defenses were still geared towards stopping him. Of course, just as Geno Smith, who yelled, oh my God, when AD was rushing towards him. But week two against the 49ers, you didn't hear his name called very much. They did a nice job against him. But look, he's still elite. He's still as strong and as fast as he was in his prime. And I don't think he's slowing down anytime soon. And look, he had missed significant time. I think it took a couple games to really get the AD, the monster AD, back to elite territory. And we saw a 92.6 PFF grade. That indicates that. And then there's Ernest Jones, who earned a 80.7 PFF grade. He led the team with nine tackles. And I think, yeah, you like the tackles. He's someone I predicted would have 169 tackles on the year, be among the 
the league leaders, but it's the way that Raheem Morris was using him in the blitz packages. They used him as the inside blitzer. You saw multiple plays where he was forcing incompletions from Joe Burrow, and that definitely helped this Rams defense. You want to see him tackle in space a little better and probably get to the quarterback a little more, but I thought he did a really nice job. He cleans up a lot of things for this Rams defense. And then there's the much maligned Darion Kendra. He earned a 68.2 PFF grade, allowed two catches on five targets for 19 yards, had one pass breakup. He had two areas there where some of the tackling was a little suspect, got beat once by Chase downfield, but nothing came of it. But I think Darion Kendrick didn't get beat bad. We didn't see a moment where it was a DK Metcalf spin cycle like we saw in week one that really wasn't his fault. Of course, Geno Smith had the ball a lot there. They weren't able to get pressure. And then week two, costly penalty against Debo Samuel towards the end of the half. You didn't hear any bad plays from Darion Kendrick. So you like the physicality. You like the attitude from him. I think it plays up. It was a big test. And yeah, Chase definitely had a big day, but still no massive plays in really 19 points scored. You really can't point to this secondary as the weak league. So a better showing for Darion Kendrick, who still has some room to improve. I'm not all in on Darion Kendrick like some Rams fans tend to be. And look, let's be honest. If the Bengals are at full strength and Joe Burrow is pushing the ball downfield more, maybe he gets beat deep. They only went past 10 yards three different times tonight, so they weren't going deep all night long. That just wasn't a part of their game plan because of the calf injury, because of his inability to plant and really step into deep shots. But I do think Kendrick is someone that you admire the aggressiveness, you admire the feisty nature in which he plays, but you just want to see him be a little more sound in coverage. On the juke where Jeremiah Chase kind of juked him out of his heels and would have been open, that's a play where I fear could have been a deep ball if Joe Burrow was 100% healthy. But thankfully, you didn't see any bad penalties, didn't get beat deep, so hopefully he builds on this and gains some more confidence and continues to work on that technique and those instincts. And then one more winner, I think you have to include Akella Witherspoon, of course. A highlight interception, one of the nicest picks you're going to see. Just one arm, give me that interception. That could be one of the best interceptions of the year. Didn't have a great PFF grade, but still, I think he did a really nice job on the outside. And then for our losers, we're going to start with Larell Murchison and Bobby Brown. I'm going to combine those two because they combined for zero pressures. They were ineffective the entire night. You didn't see them doing very much against the quarterback. And Bobby Brown, like I said earlier, has been passed by Kobe Turner. And I'm confident in saying that because, yes, Bobby Brown has the size and you would think that he'd play better and that you would hope that he had taken steps in the right direction. But we are just not seeing it. His motor is bad. I think that is something you see with him. If he doesn't make that play initially, you don't see the effort and the hustle to really complete plays and make plays. And I think with Bobby Brown, every little step he takes has been in the wrong direction, unfortunately. And then Kobe Durant. This pains me to say, because you know I love Kobe Durant. Kobe Durant is someone who I think has the potential to be a pro bowler in his career, but he's gotten off to a little bit of a slow start. I think he's adjusting to fully being in that star role. He allowed six catches on eight targets for 59 total yards. He missed the tackle there. Wasn't terrible, but the expectations I have for him are higher. So I'm going to try to get him to will his way into that winner's category next week. I think that he's primed to have a breakout game 
game. I think it's coming. I think he's just adjusting. And you need to see a little more of a physical level of tackling from him as well. Want to see that from Kobe Durant. So you got Murchison, you got Brown, you got Durant. And as far as the safeties go, Russ Yeast and Jordan Fuller, they combined for 10 tackles. They weren't really playing tight coverage up at the line of scrimmage. They're really laying back, trying to finish off tackles. I think on the Joe Mixon run, didn't do a great job there. Could have prevented that. Didn't like the angle. Didn't finish the job on that play. But I think for the most part, they weren't bad. They weren't great. I think they're right in the middle. And I think for my next one, I'm going to say for our next segment, because I think it's time that an experiment should end with a certain Rams player on defense. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. All right, snap into NFL action this season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. How about that? Win or lose, you get your $200 in bonus bets. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is incredibly easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including just straight spreads, player props. You like somebody that you think is going to have a big day? Bet that. Over-unders is always fun. You wanted to take the under last night and so many more ways that you can do this. Here's how you do it. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season in style. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Another shout out to our everyday listeners. We appreciate you watching every episode, listening to every episode, and you can be an everyday listener too. Join the club. Membership is free, and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. And another reminder, if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Rams YouTube channel. Trying to get to 9,000 subscribers, so do us a huge favor join the party hit that subscribe button hit that notification bell hit that like button and let us know do you think that the Rams should end the Michael Hoyt at edge rusher experiments now in my opinion I think it's time for the Rams to explore some options when it comes to Michael Hoyt at the edge rusher spot now I love Michael Hoyt he's freakishly athletic for his size only issue is he's tasked with trying to stop NFL running backs and NFL receivers some of the fastest quickest most athletic human beings on the planet and he's a liability against the run there's no way to spin it he's a liability against the run he's a liability against receivers in space and he compromises the defense at times when it comes to the flat curl routes things of that nature he really struggles and if you look at his production so far this season if he was getting to the quarterback with some regularity if he was pressuring the quarterback consistently yeah then maybe you could live with it but unfortunately that has not been the case against the Bengals on Monday night he recorded just one pressure and he played 36 snaps so 36 pass rush snaps was able to just get one pressure so he's gotten the opportunities he just hasn't been able to get to the quarterback or apply any consistent pressure and you look at his numbers on the season he has seven total pressures has five missed tackles you compare that to Aaron Donald to Byron Young the guys that have been the best on the team Byron Young a rookie he already has 13 pressures. Aaron Donald has 14 pressures through three games. You compare that to Michael Hoyt, who has seven. Look, Trey Hendrickson had 10 pressures all by his lonesome there in the game against the Rams by himself. So that tells you that seven is just not going to cut it. Now, 
the Rams are thin at that position. Make no mistake about it. The only other options, you got rookie Nick Hampton. You got Zach Van Valkenburg, who did get some opportunities. He was in there for 12 snaps. Didn't make very much noise. And Oshwan Mathis, he was placed on the IR before the season due to a knee injury. And then Kier Thomas, who had a really solid preseason, he's still on the Rams practice squad. So look, just like last year, this Rams defense, you're essentially having one edge rusher that you can count on to give you consistent pressure. Last year was Leonard Floyd. This year it's Byron Young. And look, I'm a big don't present a problem unless you have a solution guy. And really my only solution for him right now is I think you want to get to a spot where you could use him situationally. Only problem is you don't have that depth at that position. And I think Michael Hoyt probably still gives you the best chance if he can find a way to be effective. And I'm just worried about teams exploiting him and that really seems to be the case so far and I think it'd be nice to sub out him occasionally. I mean you're looking at Byron Young and Hoyt they play 92% of the snaps so far this season so maybe if you cut down on his usage it would allow him to be effective so yeah Hoyt's someone who is very intriguing player he's someone that definitely has a lot of athleticism for that size unfortunately there's just nothing he can do about a player in space a receiver a running back it really hurts this defense I think compromise him and just having a guy who's an interior lineman out in coverage it's kind of a head scratcher as athletic as he is it's almost like you're trying to win an f1 race with an 18 wheeler right that's not gonna happen okay so i think they need to explore some options because he is going to expose this defense at some point as teams continue to scheme with him on the field but that's gonna do it for this episode of locked on rams my name is doug mccain you can follow me on twitter and instagram at dmac underscore la if you haven't yet be sure to subscribe to locked on rams youtube channel and it's until next time, whose house is Locked on Rams' house.